back, everyone, to another episode of Reputation Matters. I'm your host and founder of Rhino Reviews, Chelsea Craig. And today, I am very excited to speak with Seth Goldstein of Goldstein Media. Seth, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, Seth, I mean, you and I have a lot in connection. Obviously, the Blue Hen loyalist from Delaware. Always, yeah. yes. uh, shout out UD. Always love a fellow alum. But before we get into the show and really kind of dive into everything, I know a lot about you, but I'd love for you to kind of share with the audience um, a little bit about you personally, professionally, and, and any other things you want to share. Absolutely. So I am a blue hen through and through. Um, not going to go back to where I was born and all that stuff, but you know, went to University of Delaware. With, I graduated with a history and journalism degree, minors in anthropology and political science, as if I didn't have enough to do. Still yeah. managed to have fun there. Um, left, was a journalist for six years. Newspaper journalist did like the Woodward and Bernstein thing, not nearly as famous as them or even close to being as famous as them. Did that for six years, massive burnout. Got six years, years of PTSD from that job. It, it, not, not nearly full metal jacket or anything like that kind of PTSD, just, you know, accident scenes and fires and stuff like that. Left that, went into the sales world for about a year and a half, learned how to sell, didn't like selling per se, which is kind of ironic. That's all I do right now is sell and market and all that stuff. My then fiance, my now wife was like, you know, you've been doing web design this whole time on the side. I have been doing it since 1998, since my junior year of high school. And... She's like, let's start a business. Let's get you a a portfolio so you can get a bit, so you can get a job. Because that it's that quandary. Like you have to have experience to get a job. The only way to get experience is to have the job. So the whole idea was is that I would get that. I would I would get the experience, and then I would get a job. Well, then it took five years, and I just never went and got the job. The business took off. It was it was kind of hit or miss. I call it a cluster blank because it was kind of that because I had no business degree. I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I knew, I knew the web design aspect. I was learning SEO on the side, learning a little bit about reputation management, you know, and, and reviews back then. It was very much more of the wild west than it is now. Of course, the review area, which I know, you know, is very, still very wild west. But um, when I was doing that, I, it was just learning, learning how to be a businessman. And an idea was to get a full-time job, but I never got around to doing that. My, then fast forward to 2012, my son was born six weeks early, had some complications at birth. So he was in the NICU for six weeks. Kind of killed the business because I was like focusing on him, obviously. So went and got a job. I was working for a company called Telerex, and we can leave that in there because they know I talk about them all the time. So um, great company, subsidiary of Merck, um, and I turned around their, their internal social media all around. So I did the social media for the company, not not for their end users per se. Loved it, learned a lot. Found that that I loved the job, didn't love the corporate America aspect of things. So like who to talk to when, and um, don't talk to Joan, who's not a real person. Names have been changed to protect the innocent, but don't talk to Joan at nine o'clock in the morning because she's cranky. Like all the politics of it. Yeah, I don't play those games. I'm a bull in a china shop. You take it, take it or leave it. But like, I will come. You know, I come in. I'll bluster, and you know, I'm me. Anyone who knows me knows that. You know, I I should be like Google. I should be a noun, or don't or an adjective. Don't be a Seth. 
because that's essentially, I'm an adjective. But anyhow, um, so when then I reopened Goldstein Media up again, left there, reopened up Goldstein Media, decided at that point I had some more acumen behind me and I had, had you know, I had more experience. I had a little idea of how to do business from the, from the job over at Telerex, learned how to do that. And then it's been five years since then and the things have been going, you know, awesome here. I mean, networking a lot, it's very important to network. It's very important to just get out there and meet people, chat with people. We, I mean, I met Chelsea through a networking group. Turns out we're blue hens, so that's like instant, you know, she's awesome, you know, that kind of thing. And you know, share war stories from the college years and stuff like that. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. And I, I really love, I mean, we obviously had a lot of connections, both being connected from Vicky Hart at Paradigm, but yeah. in Delaware starting. But one of the things I loved that really resonated with me about your journey was I, I felt similar, you know, these different backgrounds that had nothing to do kind of with what we're doing now yeah. and deciding this kind of like learn by fire strategy. Um, I don't know yeah, whether that makes you, you Weren't you like, weren't you like sports I was PT. medicine? Yeah. Physical therapy. Um, great memory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Physical therapy and marketing. Totally. You know, that, that works, but I find, you know, there's, it comes down to experience. It comes down to, to trial and error. Um, and a lot of different experiences for you to pull on. You've definitely been in the industry, seen a lot of changes. What's been the biggest change that you've seen or that you, you know, whether it be client wants or strategies you've taken, um, that have kind of happened in your time from, start to finish, not finish, start to where you are now. Where I am now, I'm not finished yet. And, you know, I have, I have a great beard, but I'm only 40. So, you know, I, I have a good, you know, 30, 40 more years in this business before I can get out of it. And maybe, I don't think I'll ever retire, to be perfectly honest. It's too much fun. But um, the differences I've seen a lot is that mobile first come out. A lot of people are looking on their phones more. I mean, I know, Chelsea, you're seeing this with the reviews, that people are doing reviews on their phones more. You know, they're able to record videos, they're able to engage more with, with the website. There's a lot more interactivity than it was back in 2012, you know, 2009, 2012, around then. You know, people all have these smartphones, these small little computers in their pockets. It's very important to be on and viewable on the mobile device, almost more so than the website, the desktop. Because the desktop actually over the pandemic I saw an uptick in more desktop usage because everyone was in their, on their butts re working at their computers, not out and about, you know, galvanizing around networking. But I've seen a lot of people also focusing on reviews. A lot of people need, the, you need to get reviews. You need to get reviews out there. You need to say, hey, you know, you have to get your Google My Business up to, up, up to speed. You need, yes. to get your stuff, you need to get reviews on there. Because Google is going to look at your NAP, your name, address, and phone number, and they're going to make sure that it's the same thing consistently across the board. And you have, and the biggest one where you have to have your NAP, you know, where it should be, and it should be there even if you don't care about the local stuff, is your website. It should have your address on it or have a way of mailing stuff to you. So if you don't have a physical address, you should at least say Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, or based in... Arkansas or whatever, you know, Hawaii, whatever, so that people know that, hey, this is where they're located. I'm not dealing with one person and they're going all the way across the world to deal with someone else. And, you know, it's nice to be a little transparent. So, yeah. So with that being said, I mean, I know you're always, you know, bringing that next thing to your clients, making sure that they are in front of those trends that they change, such as kind of shifting desktop versus now back to mobile. 
when it comes to reviews and that growing importance, you know, what are things that you've either told your clients or strategies that you've helped them put in place um, to stay on top of that? Really, it's, I mean, a lot of people realize, don't realize that, you know, there's no magic to SEO. There's no magic to web design. Anyone and their grandmother can do it, but it's having the time to do it and do it right. It's SEO is something that you just have to read. You read a lot, you know, Google changes the algorithm. Like it's June now as of this recording. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, and so they released a core update for Google and a lot of things fluctuated on Google because they went after the health websites and stuff like that because of the time we're in. And then they're, they're releasing another core update in July, which is actually, heck, we're in July right now. Is the time I was say it's the first. It's happening now. It's happening now. Exactly. Not to put a timestamp on this podcast, but, you know, it's July. And they're releasing another core update with more changes. And it's just a matter of staying on top of what the heck Google is thinking about doing. It's also staying on top of all these other search engines that are appearing. There's one called Neva, which is a paid search engine where you have to pay to have access to it. N-E-E-V-A. It's run by some ex-Googlers, so they don't track you. They're you know, funded by you, and their index is all theirs. It's pretty interesting. There's um, Brave, the Brave browser, which is a Chromium-based web browser that's a privacy-focused one that's released their own search engine, which is, and I have a weird, weird obsession with domain names, so I remember them. But search.brave.com can get you over there. And of course, there's stuff like Go and all those out there. So you focus on Google, the big dog, but it all trickles down through Bing, to DuckDuckGo, to Brave Search, and Neva, and all these others out there. I mean, there's other ones that like EuroAsia is one that uh, it helps plant trees. Every search you do, they plant a tree for you. So there's a lot of cool stuff, and there's and there's a, and there's a usage there's a user base for every single one. So if you're a green company, you should also make sure you rank really well in those green search engines. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know. Bing, Yahoo, Local, uh, as well as all these other ones that I haven't heard of before. One of the, the questions that I get asked a lot, and I'd love to hear your opinion on is, I'm a business owner. I don't have time to sit, you know, I barely have time to monitor what I'm doing on just Google. And now you're telling me there's all these other sites and platforms that affect it. Where do I, where should I spend my time? Do those platforms actually matter? Um, what's, what's your opinion there? I think you pick a platform that you're good at. You pick a platform that is relevant to where your users are. If you're B2B, you got to be on LinkedIn. you got to be on LinkedIn. Maybe not so much on Facebook, not so much on, on, on Instagram. If you are in the tech space, you want to be on Twitter. You want to be tweeting a lot. You want to follow relevant tweeters. Name and out right. of that. Tweeters, <laughs> yeah. I mean, some, I mean, Facebook has a big exodus I mean, happening. People are leaving Facebook because they don't like the way that the company's being run. But, you know, soccer moms are on Facebook. They're on Instagram. It really depends on where your market is. And focus on that first, master that platform, then branch out. Yeah, very true. With, with, you mentioned the exodus on Facebook. Obviously, that is having a huge effect on a lot of marketing agencies. Um, Facebook, for a lot of our clients, we, we typically tell them, you know, hey, Google is king for your reviews, but Facebook is queen because it, it puts those stars underneath that URL and it's typically mm-hmm. a strong backlink. They also are normally doing a lot of ads on there. So mm-hmm. with this change for us, a lot of clients are asking, should we be pivoting our review strategy as well and maybe pushing up a secondary platform instead of Facebook? What's What do you think on that? I think definitely focus on Google is definitely king. I think there's a bunch of, I think it's more polygamous here. Um, I think there's a lot more 
um, than one queen here. I think, I mean, if you're, like I said, if you're B2B, you want to be on LinkedIn more than you want to be anywhere else. So the idea is, is that you want to be where your user base is and not just because it's good for LinkedIn. It's just good for to be there because Facebook's the queen. You want to be where your user base is, really. Yeah, no, so true. I couldn't agree with that more. When when you are kind of looking at at these user bases and how they're shifting, again, they're they're changing all over, and it comes down to a lot of businesses really knowing your target audience and mm-hmm. speaking to them in that way. What is that process with with you kind of trying to coach businesses? That one of my favorite answers is, you know, who's your target audience? And they say, oh, we sell to everyone. So it oh, makes I hate it that. That's your favorite. <laughs> it's my I hate that one because I'm like, yeah, you can sell to everyone, but what? Who's your choice? Exactly. Who, who, where's the money coming from? Where are the people that are really ranking are really going to spend the money with you and, and you, who you can really rank really well, who you can really deal with on a good, on a regular basis, who you've done other websites for, you've done other stuff for, you've done other products for, you've done sold more stuff to these, this demographic. Yeah, you can sell a shoe to everybody, but is that shoe, a high heel shoe going to be good on a guy? No. Well, some guys might want to wear high heel shoes, all the more power to them. But like, it's who's your target? It's that, you know, for a high heel shoe, it's that strong, you know, business person who wears high heel shoes. Cause you gotta be careful with the, with the pronouns nowadays. But whoever wants to wear Ew, I appreciate shoe, that. But, that, but the idea is, is that someone who is in the business corporate world who needs a high heel shoe or a meme heel shoe or a block shoe or whatever. Yeah. Really pivoting, one of the things that you just mentioned, you have to be careful with the pronouns. Cancel yeah. culture is obviously a hot topic right now. Yes. Um, when it comes to reviews, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're seeing this as well. We are seeing an, an increase in reviews, but what's more important that we're noticing trends for our clients is the topic of the review is shifting. And we're seeing a lot less reviews so much about like the products or their actual experience, but more, well, I shouldn't say their experience their experience more about, you know, the brand, who they are, how they were spoken mm-hmm. to, how they treated more on the service side than the product side, which yes. we were really used to seeing before. How are you, I guess, talk to me about that. What are you seeing out there? How are you helping clients with that? Embracing these changes? It's it's a different time right now. It's an interesting time. And like, you know, like I said, I'm 40. I'm, I'm what they call a geriatric millennial. I hate that term, <laughs> but I am a geriatric millennial. <laughs> I mean, millennial by year. I think that term is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, geriatric millennial. I, I walk around with a cane. Yeah, I'm still a millennial. I don't know. But the idea is what I tell clients is that they need to be aware of who their audience is. And they have to be aware that everyone might not be a he or a she. They might be a they. You know, and then also, yeah, for Pride Month, put up, you know, celebrate Pride Month, celebrate differences, all that stuff. Celebrate Black History Month, Indigenous Month, all that kind of stuff. But also, like, don't do what these big companies do and say, yay, celebrate everything, then go fund the other side that is counter it. Because there's going to be some intrepid journalists that are going to say, you guys are hypocrites. Yeah. So be aware that, like, talk the talk or walk the walk. Because mm-hmm. talking the talk is only half the battle here. I mean, you can say all you want, but if you're not doing it, people are going to see that you're disingenuous. That's going to hurt you even more than if you just kept your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. If you're not, like, totally keen on one way, don't pretend you are. Just don't pretend you're not. Just keep your mouth shut. Mouth shut. So that's been, I think for us, one of the things as we talk in the digital space and we're handling responding to reviews for clients and responding to just statements that are put out there, 
prior to, you know, the changes of 2020 and all the changes that we've, you know, as a country really gone through in the past year and a half. It's been a heck of a year. Heck of a year. That doesn't even begin to summarize it. But it was, yeah. it was previously almost expected for larger companies as well as just businesses in general to like not have a voice, to not have an opinion. So many of them didn't put statements out there. They avoided it. And now ignorance is not no longer accepted. Not having an opinion or a voice is no longer accepted. We're holding these brands accountable. How are you working with A, are your clients, you know, deciding they want to do that? Or how are you kind of helping them make that statement? Because you are going to rub people wrong and, you know, having the understanding, you're not going to be everyone's favorite choice and the risks that come from that. You you have to be very good at being center of the line. You can be a little, you can be a little bit pro whatever, but you have to be very careful. If you're Smith and Weston, you're, you know, the good manufacturer, you're not going to be going after the liberals. You're just not gonna. So you're kind of safe over there kind of catering to that community. But like, if you're, let's say, like Comcast, I'm, I will pick on Comcast. They are, they're all about, inqu- you know, equality, all this. They supported, you know, the protest. They let their employees do a, a, you know, kind of sanctioned walkout. I cover, I covered that for a small a blog in, in 2019. But then you look at where the other part of their company is supporting other things or the other side of things. Yeah. And it's sort of like, that hurts them. And mm-hmm. so my brands are more mid-level, more mid-sized companies. They're not the big corporate ones, right? They don't know what one hand is doing from the other. I mean, that's why I really blame these companies. They say one company is genuinely saying we're pro-LGBTQA+. I think you got all the acronyms in there, all the letters in there. Um, this the genuinely, you know, pro that. But then this other side, they don't know what the other side, what their other hand's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just they don't know. And it's not a matter, it's ignorance is what it is. And then you have to make sure that, you know, these, these companies, especially with the Z generation, they're all about corporate governance and them and the corporations having a moral stance on things. I mean, Basecamp recently um, had a big snafu recently when they said no politics talk at work, you know, we're, and oh, that was a massive cluster bomb right there. I mean, half the company quit. They offered, they offered, Everyone six months severance if they didn't want to be there anymore, and uh, that backfired on, on them because they lost half the company. And I was watching it, and I, I was watching it like, like firsthand. I know people that worked at base camp. They're saying we're out. It's wild. It's it's. I mean, truly a different time. What do you say for your your businesses that maybe don't want to have an opinion? Do you are you coaching them through those conversations as well? Or how does that fall? I generally do. And I generally will say to them, if you don't want an opinion, that's fine. But make sure you stay center of that. Make sure you don't have that an opinion. Mm-hmm. Like don't, don't slip off. Because I mean, you say an opinion, that's your opinion. Yeah. And everything you put online stays online. If you hit delete, it's not disappeared. Someone has a screenshot somewhere. Yes, it's worse than Vegas. Everything that happens stays there. As yeah. a as a marketing agency, you know, you're tied to leads, conversions, results. Those are things you're accountable for and trying to work with your clients to drive. How do you how are you kind of navigating those that relationship when these kind of conversations can have an effect on the reputation of the business, which is then going to affect everything that you're working hard to drive? It's tough because I mean like the website design of that, not so much an issue, but the SEO side of things. You know, the, the pay-per-click, the, you know, social ads, the social media out, outreach and outpouring that the company can do can backfire them on them within a night. 
within a moment, honestly, not even minutes, in minutes, seconds, even. I mean, and the idea is that you just have to be aware that, you know, I always say I'm not a big fan of scheduling posts because you might schedule a post and then something got awful like 9-11 happens and you're like, oh crap, I, you know, now you're scrambling to take things down. You know, because it might, because even though it's probably a very tame post, you don't know what's going to rub somebody wrong. You're just not. It's, and and uh, honestly, that statement right there, rub someone wrong, is probably not a politically correct statement to say. So I apologize. No, it's okay. I actually, that that reminds me, I rem- the, the scheduling post thing, I, I think that you're dead on with that there. I remember two months, I think, after COVID last year, when everything was shut down and nothing was happening, I was still getting, I was blown away because I was still getting drip campaign marketing emails from companies saying, you know, come on in for $5 off your next this, or thanks for visiting. Here's 10% off that. And I remember emailing one of the small businesses back saying, you know, I'm sure you've got a lot on your plate, but you might want to turn off your MailChimp campaigns because they're not. And I, I was love doing how, it I love how the younger millennial goes to COVID. I go all the way back to 20, 2001. When I was in Delaware, I, went, I go all the way back to the, old horrible thing you go to the yeah. most recent thing well you know that could also just say something about my memory i i clear you know maybe you have a much stronger but you memory were a baby you were a baby at 9-11 so i was in college at 9-11 so it's different so yeah no but i mean it's it's big life moments and i'm, I'm still not over COVID, so it's still fresh in my <laughs> neither am i i just i just thought it was funny because i'm like wait i went very far back Extreme. in history yeah, no, no, no. the big moments just like we're still kind of in it, the big moment. We are still in it. Yeah, we are definitely still in it. Um, so that was an incredible tip. The the pros and cons of scheduling posts, like really something to think through. Yeah. What other kind of like a quick tip or an action do you have uh that you could provide small businesses, suggest that they yeah. could do? If you're gonna schedule posts, don't schedule out more than a week in advance. Just don't mm-hmm. like if you have a you know something on Thursday is gonna come up, or if it's gonna be like Mother's Day is on Sunday. You don't want to go on the computer and post that day. All right, so post it on Friday before you leave work. Like, that's fine. And if something terrible happens on Sunday and, like, whatever, all right, you can jump on there and say, all right. They're not scheduled out so far in advance you forget you actually did it. You can remember, oh, it's on LinkedIn there, 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 and there. All right, delete, 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 delete. You know, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. And that's a whole other ballgame. Don't even say thoughts and prayers because that's kind of been killed, but, you know. But like this put something else up there that is more relevant to what just happened. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree. Do you, so with that being said, are you still building the posts, just not scheduling them or how does yeah, that I mean, You can still do that. I mean, I would say definitely have a content calendar, have everything ready to go. So like, if you do have time on that Sunday to put on Mother's Day post, copy, paste, graphic in there. Mm-hmm. Takes you five minutes, you didn't schedule it, but it's, you know, decent and it's yeah. quick. You can get back to your mother who, will be bitter that you're not focusing on her that day. That I love, I mean, the range of topics that we covered in this quick 20 minutes from, you know, the Facebook algorithm to cancel yeah. culture to, to how do you navigate your brand, to scheduling posts. I mean, you're, you're definitely an expert in a lot of ways. And I always love the energy and conversations we have. If, yeah. if someone wants to, to engage with you, talk further, uh, follow you on social media, which I highly recommend, um, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, I'm one of those people that, I, that doesn't pick just one platform. I'm all over the place. I mean, you can find me, you know, on LinkedIn. I post a lot there. I'm, you know, LinkedIn slash N slash Goldstein Media. That's actually my personal profile. Don't get me started on having to rearrange that to my name and whatever. <laughs> just, I was, I've been on LinkedIn since like, it opened. 
it's how old I am. And, you know, I didn't know that they're going to have company pages at one point. So I was like, all right, I'm going to call this Goldstein Media, make this Goldstein Media relevant. So that's that. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Seth Goldstein. That be aware can be a free for all. Whereas if you want to follow more Goldstein Media stuff, go to at Goldstein Media on Twitter. You know, I'm, I'm at I'm Goldstein.media on Instagram. You know, that I post inspirational quotes and stuff there. So. And we will think we'll have all of those links in the show notes easily so people can follow. I know he threw a lot of social platforms out there. I highly recommend giving him a follow on LinkedIn if yeah. you're looking to spice up your newsfeed with great, great tips and also just incredible information. Seth, thank you so much. Uh, I know so we went through fun. a lot to get you on the show today. And I, I'm so thrilled that we finally were able to connect and make this happen. Oh, yeah, this is so much fun. I like being on the other side. Also, check out Digital Marketing Dive. Uh, we we just finished up our second season. That's my podcast. Um, the whole archives right is up there. Also, I do a small little podcast called Entrepreneurs Enigma. It's very rough. It's just it's on Anchor, and it's just me talking about my adventure as an entrepreneur. So, um, and given the brief story that he gave at the beginning of that very speckled entrepreneur journey, I can only imagine how great that that all is. Um, so yeah, definitely, it's been, it's been a heck of a journey so far. So. And more to come, more to come. Seth, thank you again so much for being on the show today. And thank you again for listening. Make sure you subscribe and follow to stay updated on our newest releases. Thank you for listening. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. Before we go, I want to thank the sponsor of our show, Rhino Reviews. Rhino Reviews can help your business with all your review generation and reputation management needs. If your business could stand to benefit from a strong online presence, and let's be honest, who can't? Visit us on the web, rhino-reviews.com to learn more about what we can do to help. Until next time, don't forget, nine out of 10 buyers Google a business and decide to buy because their reputation matters. Thank you.